I don't believe in work-life balance because I don't see life and business as two competing forces, right? They're all integrated. You know, they are all, it's a yin and a yang. Welcome to Pencil Leadership. I'm Chris Anderson, success and lifestyle entrepreneur, and I'm on a mission to help you realize your full potential so you can leave a positive mark on the world. So if you're ready, take out your pencils and let's begin. Tim Ferriss said, focus on being productive instead of busy. And Nathan Morris said, it's not always that we need to do more, but rather that we need to focus on less. This is episode 116 with former competitive physique athlete turned serial entrepreneur, author, speaker, and leadership mentor, Dave Rule. Today we're going to be talking about how to avoid burnout and being unfulfilled and weighed down by all the tasks and things we have to do in our everyday lives, become more efficient, get more done, and be more productive using Dave's ethics system and frameworks. So if you're overwhelmed, if you have a lot going on and you're trying to just become more productive and efficient, this episode is for you. And if you like anything you hear, make sure you share it on Instagram and tag at Pencil Leadership and subscribe to the show so you don't miss future episodes. What kind of, when you say you used to be a um, competitive physique athlete, is that like Mr. Universe type stuff, bodybuilding, or what is that? What is actually? Bodybuilding, yes, okay. absolutely. Bodybuilding, uh, it was um, nowhere near Mr. Universe level, okay. obviously. I was, I was never a professional bodybuilder, but I gotcha. did compete uh, as a bodybuilder okay. uh, for, for many years. And uh, that was kind of my first introduction to, I would say, like high level performance, you know, I was always, always kind of, a, you know, involved in sports, you know, I played hockey, basketball, volleyball, you name it, you know, always at a local slash regional level. Um, but the level of commitment that you need or the discipline that you need in bodybuilding or fitness in general, uh, when you want to compete is, is that was my first time really like at that level. And it opened my eyes to a lot of things that you have to do in order to be successful and if, and also looking at it long term you know you don't want to just do it for a year and then you're done you want to do it you want to perform at the right time but you also want to uh, have a more sustainable you know approach to it right so you know that, that there were valuable lessons from the world of of sports performance and then I brought to entrepreneurship and um yeah you know I think I think going through or having been exposed to that early on, on a personal level, really helped me, you know, um, I would say perform better or, or, or realize things a lot maybe sooner than other entrepreneurs would in, uh, in entrepreneurship. And, um, and yeah, you know, it's, uh, I'm still trained up to this day. Now my focus is more, you know, based on, on longevity, you know, being there for my kids for the long term, not necessarily having the biggest amount of muscles possible. Uh, but you know, I think it's like anything, you know, same thing with entrepreneurship, you know, you, you start with one thing in mind, you start with one big dream vision and things evolve, things change and your vision or your perspective changes over time. And, you know, you, you evolve accordingly. So, you know, there's a lot, so many parallels. I mean. Yeah. It's, it's a great point too, just how things change. And I, it's funny, not funny, I guess, but it's, I, I see a lot of 
individuals who are successful or who are or who are on their way to be successful or are just doing really great things. I've, and from my perspective, a majority of them have been an athlete or, or some sort of competitive nature uh, or still are. Um, and I think that just kind of, again, goes to your parallels you're talking about. I mean, I, I'm not anything spectacular, but I, I mean, I do marathons and I, I've done triathlons and you I'm mean, you're not the real Captain America. Not yet. We're working oh, that way. Oh, <laughs> Oh damn! No, I'm not not blonde haired blue eyes. That was a well, I just, okay, well, sorry, that I is got the wrong though. Chris. I, that's 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 real. No, just, I know. It's, it's plastic, but oh. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'll be upfront. It's plastic, but yeah, I think uh, I think there's a lot of correlations to that. I think just the competitive spirit. I think just the discipline that it takes to be an entrepreneur and an athlete competitively at all at any level. I think just have so many good correlations. Um, but even with that, I think athletes tend or have the ability to get burned out uh, and get overworked and, you know, run down just like entrepreneurs do. So, again, that correlation is there. So that's what led you, right, to start Epic and start this done by noon movement. Yeah, you know, it was it was um, well, for, first of all, it, it was always about, uh, you know, when I, I, I launched businesses, I saw how I was operating myself as an entrepreneur. And I never really like. You know, when in business saying, oh, I'm an entrepreneur and this is who I am. You know, it's, it's it, it was a gradual thing. You know, I started because I had a solution to, you know, a problem and I, I, I made a product out of it, started selling it and did well. And then, you know, things things followed. But I never, I would say, you know, saw myself as an entrepreneur. The thing that I knew how to do from, you know, my my personal life or my 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 athletic career, uh, I brought it to entrepreneurship, made a business out of it, too. Um, but I never, how can I say that? I never, um, yeah, made the conscious decision of being an entrepreneur. And it's until I actually, you know, started like the business was running, I had great results and I, I saw the way I was managing myself. Was like, why do I manage myself like poorly like that, you know, in my business when I'm capable of doing great things when it comes to to discipline when it comes to consistency on the personal level and on the physique side and i started doing like this is when you know it's only sometimes when you're at one point and you turn back and you see the dots connecting and it's like wow okay i'm burnt out right now but i see the dots and i i, I understand what i'm doing wrong and when you look at uh, i'm, I'm going to use you know uh, weight training for example weightlifting as, as, a, as an analogy you know, people think a lot of the biggest rookie mistake you see people doing is that they're going to start going to the gym and then they're going to start working out seven days a week, long hours all the time, as much as they can. What happens? First of all, they're not seeing, the, they get frustrated because they don't see the results that they want, right? And they're like, well, I'm, I'm doing all this work. I'm not growing as much as I want. It doesn't make sense. And then they realize that they're actually overtraining and they're burning themselves out. And it just affects everything else. Yeah, right. right. Not, because sorry to jump in there, but basically their their muscles can't recover, right? They're breaking down the tissue so much, they're actually almost reversing what they want to happen. Isn't that correct? Well, and then they realize that they need structure. They realize that, damn, like I'm working out. And when a lot of people start working out without any like proper planning or proper, you know, game plan and they do like oh i'm gonna do a little bit of biceps you know biceps uh, some bicep curls and i'm gonna do some bench press i'm gonna do that. and then they realize okay i need structure 
And then with structure, they, then they realize, okay, I have something, I have a framework that I can put in place that now I can, you know, focus on the things that really matter based on my goals, right? So when you look at it, you see like, you know, uh, when when I was coaching uh, coaching people in on the physique side, the main question is like, what what do you what's your goal? What do you want to do, right? So they always either like lose weight, gain muscle, do this, do that, become more flexible. I mean, you name it. And I was working with a lot of you know muscle people, and it's like, oh, I want to gain twenty pounds of muscle. I want to gain ten pounds of muscle, and usually it was like ten pounds of muscle, and then I want to have like less, you know, less of that body fat right there, you know. So like, okay, well, okay, why do you want to do that? Well, because it was either like they want to feel more confident in their skin, they wanted to live longer, they wanted to, uh, some wanted to compete in bodybuilding. I mean, there's all different reasons. There's official and unofficial reasons too, um, but that's why you need to figure out. And uh, once that's decided, once you understand, okay, well, that's the goal. Now we're going to reverse engineer that this goal or the, this this direction, and now we're going to do the right actions in order to get you there. You're not going to get there tomorrow. It's going to take time. It's going to take repeated actions, some routines that are going to be put in place, some habits that are going to need to be implemented in your in your life, and some movements, some things, some actions that will need to be to take place. And so you're going to start with usually like a 90 day plan, 90 day workout, and then you're going to be, you know, scale. I'm going to tell you, okay, Chris, I'll, on Monday you're going to do chest. Yeah, because International Chess Day is Monday. Yeah. No. So Monday you're gonna do chest, and then you're gonna do this exercise, you know, and you're gonna do that many reps, and you're gonna do, you know, in a movement that's like this, and then you're gonna perform that movement, and then you're gonna recover. So there's all that planning that goes into it. And when I started coaching entrepreneurs, that was, um, I started like little by little in 2014, 2016 when I sold by Optimizers, my uh, my last company, my solvents company, I. Um, I, I started coaching entrepreneurs and that was like kind of a new thing. Like it was not something that I wanted to do, like get into coaching. It was like, you know what? I had kind of that opportunity presented to me. And um, I realized that most entrepreneurs do the same thing. They start in business and they do a little bit of everything and they don't know what they're doing. And then they come to a coach or someone who knew, who's been there and say, like, Why, what do I need to do? So this is when I start, I had built for myself like the same type of tools, you know, and systems that I was using for myself. And I, I started while well, sharing these tools with them. And, and obviously, this is how Epic was born and the methodology was born as a whole. It's like, okay, well, how do I take an entrepreneur that has great potential, you know, is, has, has a solution to offer, but is doesn't know how to go about it doesn't have the structure you know to perform and my goal is like you know entrepreneurship is a great vehicle business is a great vehicle to you know do great things in the world and i i think like if entrepreneurs can understand how to perform sustainably this is how i can fulfill you know a, a bigger mission and that, I, I think this is when epic you know was born and and started uh you know talking about it and wrote the book about it and you know obviously i keep sharing that but yeah it's uh it's it's a little bit like how it how it you know how it was born but how you know the big mistake that all of us do whether it's like what that you see in the physique space you see that all the way in entrepreneurship and it's almost honestly like just from what i've heard starting on my journey with entrepreneurship uh, it's it's almost like it's blasphemy, you know, done by noon. Like, no, like you've got to work 
you know, 20 hour days and, and every day doing that. And yes, I mean, there are some days that we, we do have to, to spend longer just based on things coming up um, and things like that. But you're, you're going against really, I think you're going against the grain. You're kind of going against the, the flow, you know, of everything else um, with being done by noon. And it just almost to so many people sounds like a pipe dream kind of like, done by noon. Okay, sure. Maybe if you're successful and at a good level, but uh, you think anyone can, can use this process at any level they're at to still be successful, right? Well, you know, the, the title is very strategic because the title appeals or, or is going to, it's really going to make you realize what you don't have. And I believe entrepreneurs go in business for one thing and that one like primary primarily one thing and that thing is freedom and freedom i divide freedom into three freedoms so first of all freedom of time right they want to do things when they want freedom of creation creative freedom they want to work on things that they want right they don't want to be told what to do or when to do it but they also want financial freedom obviously they want to get paid with it and 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 and, and they want to be you well paid doing it and it's normal. The thing is that when we start, you know, our businesses and the reality catches in and you don't have that structure like I was talking about, it makes you realize like you, you drift from the initial intent. And then all of a sudden the, that that goal or that that driver of freedom, if you want, is not there anymore. And when I say done by noon, it's not to be just done by noon. And when you read the book, like it's, you can be done whenever you want. It, it doesn't matter. It's based on where you want to go on your ambitions, on your, on your, on, you know, your business. There's so many variables and context to, to, uh, to account for. But the fact that I would tell you what, if you had to be done by noon every day, had no choice how would you structure your days how would you structure your work so now you understand that it's not about working more it's about working on the right things right and 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 obviously like that's an analogy to show you to force you to look at your how to prioritize understanding what is the right work to do based on what you want and get you out of that drift that actually prevents you not not only from being fulfilled you know by by your work but also creating your best work. You know, I believe that with the right structure and the right uh, organization and bringing back entrepreneurs to their zone of, of what I call the power zone, like will create greater solutions for, for the world, will create, you know, more fulfillment for you because I believe entrepreneurs, that's the one thing with entrepreneurs. You can be a business owner. That doesn't mean you are an entrepreneur. And I see like, a, you know, a difference with that. And an entrepreneur is really driven by its creative freedom. If you rob create, uh, you, the, the entrepreneurs from its creative freedom, the entrepreneur is not going to thrive. He's not going to be fulfilled. He's not going to sense that he has some you know, purpose. He's going to feel like he's doing the things over and over again, but not going to have that drive. You know what I mean? And some people are really good in business, but don't have that entrepreneurial you know, mindset, I would say. They have entrepreneurial tendencies, but not necessarily like, that that creative creative juice you know what i mean and same thing i mean you know some entrepreneurs are very very creative but not necessarily like the best business people either right so there's this kind of that mix you know and 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 that's why you hear like for example you read books like you know rocket fuel for example that talks about 
visionary and integrator and the combo that can happen uh you know uh, that that that's really like i think the, the difference between entrepreneurship and business owner i, I think i think i i drifted i drifted no, from it's good question. it's good information but uh so that kind of draws me into that so what structure what what do we need to put in place as entrepreneurs to have a good structure? Because uh, if we really look at our schedule or at the end of the day, we look back at what we did, we're going to see uh, how much time we actually kind of wasted or didn't weren't productive in. So how can we mitigate that amount of time to really push forward and grow and get to those places we want to be with the results? So what's that structure look like? I know you have a, a you kind of have your own way to do it. So I'm, I'm curious to dive into that. Yeah, well, the first thing again that we do, the first question that I get you, the first questions that I, I get you to answer are, you know, based on your big picture. What do you want to see become a reality? What, you know, why are you doing what you're doing? Okay. What's your goal? What's your vision? Where do you see yourself in the future? And, and from there, once that's established, now we can do what we call an annual guideline, like meaning, okay, what are the things you want to see become a reality within the next 12 months? Okay, so now we're going to do a list of five goals, really, that you're going to be looking for for the next five, uh, for the next twelve months. They, these five goals, these five objectives, are always need to be in line, you know, with your your big picture, with what you ultimately want. You know, if you're telling me like, I want to. I don't know. I want to work. I, I want to live in Hawaii, and I want to have this, and I want to have that. And right now, you're doing everything that's opposed to it and you live in i don't know new york city and like you're making the plans to kind of stay you know what i mean there's i think a lot of entrepreneurs are just like they, they make dreams that they don't really own they're like oh i'm do i'm saying that because that's what i'm supposed to do it's like no you know like your ambitions are your own you know you do what you want to do and and from there you're going to start doing you know, it's like working out. It's like understanding you're going to realize your own, you know, you're going to build your own self-awareness, your own self-leadership, you know, your own self-discipline, understanding your DNA too. When I started working out the first month, I was like, well, if I work hard enough, I can be Mr. Universe, you know? And then you work and you realize like, no, I don't have the genetics to be Mr. Universe. It will never happen. You know what I mean? Is that part of self-awareness that makes you understand that, okay, where, if I'm doing this, where do I want to go based on what I know and where I can see the next results? You know, so oh well, by be competing into, you know, on, on on the local stage, for example, and then and then going further. So understanding that is key. I think if you don't do this, you're gonna go in a, I would say in a, you're gonna go and and try to find shortcuts. You're gonna try to you know find hacks. You see that all the time in. In, in fitness, a lot of people are going to start going to the gym. What are they going to do? They're going to take all the supplements that they can find, right? They're going to take all the pills thinking that that's the magic answer. If I take more of this and this and that, it's going to fix, you know, where it's going to fix everything. It's not. And it's not going to accelerate your results, right? So before looking at optimization, look into your overall, you know, structure. So vision from there, we get you to be very realistic, not realistic, but understanding very aware of where your time where do you allocate your time your energy and your attention right your finite resources that we all have as human beings as entrepreneurs 
It's how to manage properly our time, our energy, and our attention. So we're going to do an audit of looking at, okay, where does is your time going? And understanding that you have four types of tasks in entrepreneurship that you're always going to face. Every single business owner is going to face these four types of tasks. And how you address these tasks, how much time, energy, and attention you, you put on these four tasks and the right mix, that's going to be, that's going to, you know, dictate your week. So we've, we, we teach you to do that. So obviously we have what we call the rocks. So which are projects related, uh, innovation, you know, growth related tasks, the routine tasks, which are, you know, recurring tasks that are mandatory for the well operational well-being of your company. So they, these are what we call the power moves because these are the ones that are going to move the needle the most in your business. From there, you have what we call the drifters that you're still going to have, but if you spend too much time, energy, and attention on these tasks on a daily or weekly um, uh, level, you will drift, meaning like you will stop you know, that alignment that I talked about, you will start drifting away. And those are what we call the reactive tasks, so the tasks that are kind of the byproducts of your business operations, those that you didn't anticipate, and that you tend as an entrepreneur to prioritize or put a little bit too much importance on, and then they stack up. And then what it does is that it prevents you from working on your power moves. And this is when you see actually a lot of, you know, lack of growth and lack of satisfaction. A lot of dissatisfaction coming from, you know, uh, within your, your business because you don't work on what you should be working on, on your true, you know, within your true power zone. And the other ones too, and I think now it's even more so, you know, uh, for the past two years, are what we call the responsive tasks. So everything that has to do with communication. Now, I mean, we're in a world that connects online, that talks, that has access to DMs, to Zoom meetings, et cetera. Uh, there's, new, there's new phenomenons now, like in burnout <laughs> environment, like Zoom burnout is a real thing now. Like, and it comes from poor actually management of, of the structure. I think they're great tools, but you have to learn how to use them properly. And that's why we show you, right? So the four types of tasks, and then we get you, once that's established, we show you how actually to um, manage that workload. So understanding how much you can carry and how much you can, you know, how much workload you can carry sustainably, you know, while you grow. It's like you and I would go to the gym, Chris, and that's your first workout. And I'm going to put, you know, I don't know, 225 pounds on the bench. And maybe you can lift it because it might be genetically strong, but most people, they will not be able to lift the bar, right? So you're going to have to find a manageable workload that you can, you know, do great work with, but then will work that muscle so you can start lifting a little bit more gradually and understand and after a while you're going to realize that okay well that's kind of my sweet spot or i can push here's my range you know what i mean that i can play with so we do that we show you that on on the work uh side you know how to set up uh proper load management we in the book in the done by noon book we use actually the the kawaii leonard analogy i don't know if you read it uh that far but we use that to to show the sports performance analogy of load management and also how you're going to be uh, structuring that within your schedule, right? So it's understanding that, okay, now that's that you have understood that, let's see how that can play within, you know, your schedule. It doesn't mean you be, need to be done by noon. The done by noon exercise is to make you understand what you should be putting your priorities on. And it's also going to put a constraint of time on, you know, each uh, on each block of time, right? So for example, if I tell you, 
um, that you cannot have like you can't have your emails open all the time and, and work on the, you know within your inbox all the time and you have only like let's say 30 minutes to an hour every day to attend to your you know daily communications well you're going to find a better structure but you're also going to start optimizing the way you do things you're going to install you know you're going to put a system for your emails system for your communication system for you know to-do list things like that and that needs to be put in gradually you know we supplement gradually so you can have the best benefits from it. and that's a great point uh, i think because if you, if you don't structure your time well one you lose your time and you you get down i mean doing too much spending too much time on things that don't matter like you mentioned on those drifters those reactive type things and so i think it's what like and i've heard it and i wonder how this fits in your your philosophy with it but like don't like look at your email or your phone first thing in the morning kind of thing, because it starts to kind of drag you down that into those drifting type actions. Yeah. You know, it, it all comes down to, you know, your own behaviors. You know, you can look at it first thing in the morning, the things that are you going to take action on it first thing in the morning, right? I'm not opposed to you to look at your phone and see emails. The problem is that the behavior that's going to follow will dictate, you know, how good you're going to be, as a as a, as a as an entrepreneur it's like you know there's not you can look at a chocolate bar you know while you're dieting you can look at it you know first thing but if you start eating it you know and it opens the door to actually more chocolate then you know less results it's the same thing with 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 emails right you can open your inbox but if you start working on it thinking that that's important and urgent right now while you, I'm telling you, like that's you're not gonna, it's not gonna work for you. Like you're not gonna be able to sustainably prioritize the right thing. So instead, if you have the discipline to look at your emails first thing in the morning and understanding where to put them, so at the right time you can attend to these emails, understanding that you know not everything is urgent and important. In the book, we we talk about the Eisenhower matrix, which is a tool that's used widely in, in entrepreneurship, and I'm like. Yeah, I can see why. Like, it's it's a useful tool tool in when you're on the fire because mm. you know what. Can uh, you go into what that is for those who don't know? Yeah, so it's the Eisenhower matrix that is that was you know created by uh, Eisenhower, which was you know president, and then he was an army general, and he basically um, he, he he divides the task by importance and urgency. And it's like, okay, well, there's, you know, you do right now, you schedule them, you delete or you, you don't attend a task or, you know, or, or you, you delegate it. But, okay, it makes sense. However, for most entrepreneurs, that top left corner, the urgent and important part of the quadrant, this is where most tasks, tasks fall, you know, for most, because most entrepreneurs don't have, the, like, they don't understand what truly is urgent and important and like we gonna associate importance by with communication so for example an email we're gonna expect that you like that you should answer as fast as possible to the, this email right do you really right is it really an urgent or important things or are you just opening another can of worms right and one of the first things that we do uh, in order to patch you know that leak with entrepreneurs that we have a system called the inbox freedom system and we get entrepreneurs to install to set that up you know in their uh install the system into their inbox and obviously every day they're gonna have to you know get the system improve improve it and improve it 
And after a while, they're going to realize they realize that, damn, first of all, I'm down 70% on my email load, but also this, like, it doesn't smell like burning anymore. Like there's no more fires. It is, it feels like it, we're in control of the workload. And the reality is that what you perceive as an, an emergency or something that's urgent um, is not. And there's pretty flagrant ways, you know, to see it. For example, like one thing in the inbox freedom system, one of the things we get you to implement is an autoresponder in your inbox. So you put an autoresponder, and if you send me an email, if you send me an email, Chris, but you you get the autoresponder saying, hey, you know, I'm only I only reply to emails between this time and this time every day. If it's if you're emailing me for this, here's the person you need to contact. So I obviously send to the right person. Then sometimes it's, it doesn't need to be me. Um, if it's an extreme emergency, here is my cell phone number. So I give you my cell phone number on my email, on my autoresponder. Guess how many email like calls I get? Probably very few, if any. Yeah, none. Yeah. Zero. Like it, 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 that's a reality. Like oh, we have, we now know how to channel urgencies and emergency. There are some emergencies, you know, that happen. It happened before, like you know, I don't know, server crashes or where you're losing money right now. It needs to be fixed. You don't know. Like I mean, there's there's obviously emergencies, but they're they're not. That like it's very rare that it happens. You know what I mean? And we have systems in place so we don't have to to deal with all that or be like, what do we do? Like you know, we're we're prepared. Yeah. Okay. And, and I think that's that's a crucial part to remember is like being able to understand the prioritization of of the tasks that we need to get done, um, and, and almost kind of using this not really reverse engineering kind of in a way of the, of the main things, the growth related task and then breaking those down into each level okay what do i need to do what needs to be done but maybe not right away and then water is going to just distract me um and so i think the the system is uh, i'm trying to get better at it. i'm trying to actually implement your ethic system uh more through the planner that you sent me um because I, I like how it's set up and it makes sense to me focus on just the things that are most important and, and that are really going to move the needle forward and not really focus as much attention uh, on on trivial things um and for me even like that email thing kind of stuck out to me because when i was first starting i was like i have to answer every dm and message and email right then like if it pops up oh i gotta do it right now it's like no like people don't they're not gonna think one way or the other if it, if it takes you a couple hours or a day to respond i mean they understand it's life um and if they do get in a in a you know, upset because you don't respond right away, then maybe it's not the best to do business with anyways. Um, no, it's hundred percent. And you yeah. set the expectations, you know, you're like, Hey, it's very clear. You have another, it's very clear when you answer that, you know? And the thing is that understanding that you have a time limit as well, meaning that, you know, let's say you do, you have 30 minutes every day, you have 30 minutes every day, you know, and it, then it's done. So it's going to make you like, you're going to need, if you can make it happen and you still spend two hours a day on emails, well, you're going to need to improve your system. You're going to need to start optimizing. So, you know, yes, the inbox freedom is one thing, but then, you know, it might come to the way you communicate with your team, for example. You know, there could be a better way to eliminate emails. I love emails. I think email is great, but email in like used in the right context. If you use email, like 
for example, for pro as a project management communication center, it's not going to work. You know, you need a proper place to do that. There's tons of great tools now that will pay it will pay for themselves because you're going to spend save so much time, you know, and clarity and have so much and gain so much more clarity that the investment that you're making right now is going to pay itself tenfold fast, you know. So it's understanding what you can how you can uh, get a better structure overall. And again, it doesn't happen overnight. It's not a hack. It's a structure. It's a way, it's, it's a way of operating. You know, it's almost a lifestyle. You know, it's a sport. I would say entrepreneurship is a sport. There's things that needs to be done. If you want to be, I don't know, what's your sport, Chris? Uh, I grew up doing soccer and then I did long distance running. So there you go. Well, long distance running. You know, you're not going to become a long distance runner overnight. You know, when you first started, you probably, what, you started running, what, 1K, 2K, and, and, and gradually increased. And from there, you started looking at your nutrition. You started looking at your sleep, at your energy. And from there, like, oh, maybe I need this type of supplements. Oh, maybe I need these type of shoes. Because I realized that if I use these shoes, I'm not, you know, uh, my feet hurt a little bit more. So now these shoes are more appropriate with that. You keep optimizing. And with time, too you realize that you might react differently to, you know, running. It's like, oh, now my right knee is, is hurting a little bit when I do hills. Well, you're going to start looking into it and improve that and maybe do other exercises that will help you compensate for that, that you know, injury. You know, so it, it's, it, it's, it's, you have to look at it this way. And it doesn't happen by just doing quick rash decisions on the fly, thinking that I'm going to become an athlete doing so. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, and it, it, again, you can correlate running or things like that to it because like when you get, you're running and you get out there, like you have to find your pace. And, and once you get that pace and you hit that flow, you can go a lot farther, uh, uh paired with a, with a correct mindset You can go a lot farther, um, in a, in a better time than if you like try to push the pace too much, uh, and, and have to have to walk cause you're cramping and you're vomiting on the side. And so, find your pace, stick with it, and you can go the distance in a better time. So it's just like business. You got to find your pace, what you can do, because we all, I mean, we all have to juggle life, relationships, business, uh, and everything that goes in with that. And so you've got to have a healthy relationship with them all. They all have to be, I don't know if there's necessarily a balance. I think it just has to be a healthy integration of them all together. Yeah, that's what it is. You know, uh, we uh, in the book, I talk about the work-life harmony. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't believe in work-life balance because I don't see life and business as two competing forces, right? They're all integrated. You know, they are all, it's a yin and a yang. And as an entrepreneur, it's not true that, you know, there's a clear cut, 100% clear cut between you and your business. When you look at yin and the yang, it's, it's like a dance. You know, sometimes you will take the lead. Sometimes it's your business who's going to take the lead, but it's how well you do that over time that creates that beautiful flow and a beautiful dance, you know, and, and, and it's how well you manage that. You know, when you see a couple dancing, they're not dancing like they, they don't like they're with each other. And it's like, I'm talking like professional, like, you know, dancing, but it's how well they do that. And, and that's what makes it, makes it beautiful. If they're like completely, doing things separately on their side and doing their own things. That, that, that's, that's absolutely weird, right? So it's understanding that it needs to be integrated. It's, it is not easy. 
that's the thing. It needs, you know, obviously you need to practice. You need to understand. You will, you will screw up. Like, you know, there's sometimes you're going to do too much and your, your wife's going to be like, you know, you're just working a little bit too much right now. Like, you know, we want you to be, and it's normal. I think, you know, it's part of understanding yourself as an entrepreneur. You know, we all have different behaviors. We all, we're, you know, most of us are prone to more, I would say, excessive or, you know, excessive type of behaviors. And that's normal. Like, that's how entrepreneurs operate. The key is understanding that and understanding how, you know, your natural tendencies, entrepreneurial natural tendencies, and also your own modus operandi, where how do you deal with stuff? How do you deal with workload? You know, how do you best perform? And understanding your DNA too. You know, I feel like the big, uh, one of the big problems that we have right now is that it's, it's called ambition appropriation. Is that you're going to look at someone and say, I want to be like that. I want to be, I want to be him. Why? Well, because it has this, you know, that, that, that. okay. Great, but is it really what you want? You know, and I feel now we're exposed to a lot of it. We're exposed through through social media, and again, I'm not against social media or anything like that. It's quite the opposite. But we're exposed to the best of people, and we think that because these guys who are like the entrepreneurial champions that we see there, we don't see the backstory. You know, I've been in this game long enough that I know a lot and a lot of high level entrepreneurs and you know, there's personal friends and I know their personal struggles on, you know, public life. They're going to look like they have their shit together, that they're absolutely crushing it. The reality is in the back, they're still, you know, they're struggling with different things. It could be addiction. It could be anxiety. It could be depression. It could be, I mean, you don't know ADHD. I mean, you don't know. Right. So it's understanding what you want and why do you want that and then make actions according to what how you see it right now from your own perspective but again as i said your perspective will change with time if you have kids your perspective will change things happen in your life your perspective will change uh you know with age your perspective changes like it it is it is a truth you know it 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 will happen. It's how you will react to it. But as long as you are always aligned and always honest with what you want and do, you know, that doesn't mean that what you're doing right now will be absolutely perfect. But if you align the frequency of alignment, don't wait. On, the frequency of alignment is what's important. Don't wait until you're lost in the woods. You've drifted too far away to be like, shoot, what do I do now? You know? Like reassess your alignment regularly, ask yourselves the right question and, and be honest with yourself. You know, it happened to all of us. And, you know, I, I, for myself, like I could have told you something 10 years ago, like this is where I want to be. This is what I want to do. And now today there's new, I see the world from another perspective. There's new things that actually light me up and that didn't, that I didn't know kind of existed or that was not integrated 10 years ago and you have to be, you know, open to it. Right. So it's not holding on to past selves or other people's, you know, dreams and ambitions. It's be very, very honest with yourself. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's a, a very good message to send. Just, yeah, be honest with yourself and, and just know what you want um, and, and be content with what you have now and, and work towards where you want to get to still. And so it's, it's again, that integration of, Hey, like 
I'm, I'm grateful for where I am, but like, I want to continue to improve and be able to do more and help more and things like that. I love it. You know, a hundred percent. And you know, it's like when I remember growing up and a lot of people growing up, like, and, and, and being involved with, with fitness, they look at Arnold Schwarzenegger and they're like, they love the early version of Arnold. They're like, I want to be like this. And then you start doing, and you realize that, oh, he has a one in a million type of DNA. You know, and probably I'm never going to have arms like that or be like this. And and he's made like, so it's understanding that, but there's two ways to go about it. I could be like, I could dwell and I could be like, like why do I like, why did I win the, the genetic lottery? I say like, this is what I have to play with. These are my hand. This is the hand that's been handed to me. How can I do the best with that? You know, how can I set, I, I would say goals that are big enough that they will be hard as hell to accomplish. So that's part of your big vision, but also not completely unrealistic. It's like, I'm not, I know I'm never going to be like the next Arnold Schwarzenegger ever, you know? And I think that's what a lot of people, it's the same. And on entrepreneurship, you see a lot of people, you know, idolating guys like Elon Musk. And I mean, I mean, Gary Vee, et cetera. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of these people. However, I'm never, I'm never going to be the next Elon Musk. I'm never going to be the next Gary Vee. I love, I'm a huge fan of Gary Vee, for example. And I think he's been misunderstood for a lot of things. But if you listen carefully to what he says, is we, him and I have the same message. We're like, be 100% aligned with what you truly want. What makes you happy? What do you do well? Double down on that unapologetically, like, do you, you know what I mean? And, and, and it's not about the hustle. I think, I think people understand. It's funny because Gary changed the word. It doesn't use the word hustle anymore because it has a negative connotation with it. Use the word work ethic. And work ethic, when you think about a work ethic, you think about discipline. You think about consistency. And I think that's a better choice of word than hustle because a lot of this, we talk about, you know, the, the efficient approach or efficient philosophy to work in the book. And it's either you work hard or you work smart. And I think that's stupid because working hard, I mean, you know, if you're a long distance runner, it's not a, it's not a walk in the park. It's fucking hard. You know, you're, everything that you're going to be doing, like if you want to perform, it's going to be hard. It's given. Building a business is hard. It's a given. It's not easy. It's like, yeah, but now I'm working smart. Okay, cool. You're working smart. That's great. But like, it doesn't take away the fact that it's going to be obviously it's not smart to not to work smart you're always going to have to find a way to you know improve and optimize and be better and obviously don't waste your time your energy and attention but a lot of people they they think that by working smart means like collecting a bunch of hacks and patches and that that's not working it's, it's funny i had a conversation with a guy the other day about this and he said that uh or it was it was a question that was asked uh, about um, do you think life is harder? Do you think life should be hard or, or something like that? And I was like, yeah, there, there are things in life that are hard. It's not, it's not supposed to be easy. It's not supposed to be simple, like, but it'll be worth it once you find what you're created and, and kind of your path. But a, a guy on there was like, no, it shouldn't have, it shouldn't be hard. Like it should be easy. And so I'm like, that's bullshit. I was like, yeah, have you, I was like, I don't know if you've ever run like a marathon or tried to get stronger, but like that that crap is hard. Like it hurts. It sucks. Like there are hard things in life. Those challenges are hard, but that's the way we improve and we get better. 
And uh, so it was, we had, a, it was a good civil conversation. It, I mean, two opinions. It was really cool to have it, but like, yeah, stuff is stinking hard sometimes. And we're so used to, and I just, again, this morning talked to someone and we get, we get handed so much uh, in the world today uh, for doing nothing. And uh, it, it's made people think that things shouldn't have to be hard. And it's, it's trending a lot of people in the wrong direction because of it. I mean, I don't, I, there's no such thing as a free lunch. You know, you, you have to, you know, I think working hard is a given. Uh, that doesn't mean you need to glorify the hustle. You know, you need to don't like, I mean, I think hustle, a hustle makes it seem like when I think of hustle, it's, I think of like an unhealthy uh, work as whereas it's hard work. It's just hard work. Like you're doing it and you're, you're doing it in a way that's, that's improving. But I, I think almost the unhealthy connotation is what I think takes people the wrong way with it. Well, you know, it, it's like, okay, I, I'm a huge hockey fan. And that's an example from last week that, you know, I, I saw and, and kind of rung a bell. You look at a guy like, I don't know if you know hockey, uh, Chris, but uh, so Andrew Shaw, uh, who's Ford, well, not retired, but Ford for the Chicago Blackhawks, played for the Montreal Canadiens, my, my team right there. Um, played for, for many years for, for the Canadians. He retired last week because he had, through his career, like just too many concussions. So he just couldn't like play at a high level anymore. He had to give up the sport that he loved the most, the thing that he loved the most. Because Andrew Shaw was always the guy that you would say, he's a warrior, he's a true warrior. Like he's going to give it all out like give it all on, on the ice. He's going to throw his body. He's going to sacrifice himself, right? And that was what he's, he's thing. And he was just going at it like crazy. And he was getting concussed every single year. Well, now he's 28 years old, he's retired. And, you know, he's not able to play the sport that he wants. He's not able to, you know, play for the fans anymore too. Like I, I want to see Andrew Shaw play. I can't anymore. I love the guy. I love that player. But I hope I wished that we hadn't been like the guy's a freaking like he he's a hero, he's a warrior. It's like, well, dude, like if you want to do it for a long time, like there's things that need to be assessed. You can still play hard, but you have to understand that you know I don't want you to be full of scars, open wounds all the time on the ice. It doesn't like. You know, that's not the case. That's not that's not how you're going to be performing for the long term. And I think that's that's like the whole the rhetoric that that is being, you know, that we have around sacrifice and, and, and all that. Like, I don't believe like you should like have like so many scars that you can you, you stop playing. You know, that that's just it defeats the purpose. If you're an entrepreneur and you keep burning out and you keep, you know, uh, you keep burning out and you keep you, you, you don't you're not going to perform for the long term it defeats the purpose of the gift that you have to offer to other people right so that's, think, that's yeah that's yeah, a great it, point it, like it's it's a long game and you've got to use your strengths and and how you're created to do that for the long term because you can make such a bigger impact um which i think is actually a great transition segue i guess into uh the question i asked all my guests kind of as, as we kind of wound things down here is the fifth trade of pencil leaderships that we are all created uniquely and with the purpose to leave a positive mark in the world. Um, and so 
when everything is said and done for you, Dave, uh, what do you hope your positive mark is? You know what? Um, right now, I would say that I help entrepreneurs perform at their best sustainably so they could create their best work and impact as many people as possible. With Ethic, this is really like the main main mission. My main driver is that if I can help, you know, real good entrepreneurs do better things, I think, and create their best work and impact people in a positive way without having me to do it myself, you know what I mean, can be done at scale. Uh, I think it's going to be mission accomplished, my friends. I get much more, you know, things like that. I'm doing community-based here and, and and building other things. But with Epic, I would say this is what I want people to. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, that I want. Yeah. Uh, Dave, I really appreciate you. Uh, being on today, sharing this. It's just been really a really good conversation. And I think I hope it's eye-opening for all the people listening out there. Uh, just really take hold of and prioritize your time and the actions uh, because it doesn't matter how much time you have to build something, uh, four hours, one hour, if you prioritize that right, uh, you're going to see gains and results. And so um, I don't want to leave without helping you out and mentioning this. Done by Noon uh, is Dave's book. Um, uh, it's a really good read. It's a really, uh, it got, you think this was a good interview, a good talk with Dave. You've got to check that out and all that he gives within that, uh, as well as his ethic planner, um, just helping you break down, um, your daily tasks that need to happen to get those big goals. So, uh, Dave, where can people connect with you? I'm sure the books on Amazon is at the best place for that. Just share uh, how people can get connected that way. Yeah, we're actually we're handing a, a, a free copies right now, so we're still you still got time to grab some free copies. If you go to donebynoonbook.com, obviously you pay you pay for shipping and handling, but we we hand over the the, the book. And yeah, if you like what we said here, read the book, obviously, and you know, don't don't invest yet into you know things you're not going to use. Like understand what we're doing, and then you're going to see like the ethic planner is really like the condense everything you're going to read in the book. You're going to be able to apply it, you know, with with the with the ethic planner. Uh, Effic.co, E-F-F-I-C.co to see what we're doing. Uh, we also have a certification on the Effic methodology. Actually, we're relaunching it uh, officially. We reopened the doors uh, yesterday on it. So it's open this week. And uh, social media at DaveRuel.com, D-A-V-E-R-U-E-L.com. This is where I, I share my, that's my personal account and where I share my, my personal life and I talk and all, and all these things. So you can meet me there and, uh, and say hi. Cool. Well, again, yeah, thank you, Dave, for sharing. Guys, yeah, get checked out. Get that uh, for free just for shipping and handling. Donebynoonbook.com and start diving into that. Be more efficient and productive. And until next time, let's go out and uh, be pencil leaders. Thank you, Chris. And thanks so much for tuning into this episode today. If you found value at all from this episode, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It just helps us get this show, these messages out in front of more people. And don't forget to share this with someone who you think could benefit from listening to as well. Now let's go out and be pencil leaders.